It's an era of change, of ideals and cultures constantly colliding. We need brave people who will find the way of hope in the chaos, who will elevate truth in their speech and activate reform in their lives. Lee Sloan welcomes you to this Brave Nation. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Brave Nation podcast. I am pleased to have a special guest with us today. Her name is Bonnie Gregory, and she is a friend and just has experienced a lot of things in life. And I know that this month is Indigenous Peoples Month. And so I thought, what what better way to celebrate than to talk about Alaska Native culture? I also have in my my, uh, learning community here, we have uh, a class that we're doing on culture. And so we've been having people from lots of different cultures um, come in and talk to our class. So this is going to be something that they can learn from as well as you today. So welcome, Bonnie. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Thank good. you for inviting me. Thank you so much uh, for it's, coming. It's such an honor to um, represent my my family, and I appreciate the invitation. One of these kids had Alaska Native culture, and they can share after after we get done here, they can ask you some more questions about it. Um, but I was going to okay. start out by just asking you, a little bit about for some people, for some of us who don't know uh, as much about Alaska Native culture, how many, like about how many Alaska Native tribes are there and what are some of the similarities and differences among them? And what which one are you from? You can tell us which one you're from. Okay, so um, so I just wanted to um uh speak in my native language. I am Yupik, Central Yupik. I come from the YK Delta region where most of our land is uh, wetlands, wildlife refuge, where all the birds come and lay their eggs. So a lot of um, people come in the summer to just take pictures because we have all kinds of birds that come. Also, uh, I am the youngest daughter of Paul and Mary Gregory. My father is from the old village Kinak, and all the residents went to Tunt. And my mom is from Kipnik, and it's a coastal village. Um, I went to college to the University of Alaska Fairbanks. I have a social work degree. I minored in Alaska Native Studies. I just recently graduated as a chaplain with uh, the Providence Spiritual Care. And um, I had to go through internship for three months and then a year of residency. So um, I'm also, my grandfather was part Russian from Russia. And I have a little bit Athabascan and primarily Yupik. So um, this beautiful thing I made, uh, I was researching um you know, my Russian part of my ethnicity. And I copied this. This is this is um something that I copied from my my Russian family. 
and then these earrings are made, made by um Amy Roll. They're so beautiful. Mm. Anyway, so um I've also volunteered at Highland over 15 years uh because the prison ministry is a big heart of mine and also I uh, volunteered feeding the homeless at Hope Kitchen and I also uh am a youth pastor as well for many years over about 20 years awesome. and um I can stop and if there's any yeah. questions or well, yeah what what was it what was the favorite thing or some of the favorite things that you enjoyed and appreciate about growing up Alaska native um it's it's been uh unique for me. I went to a Covenant High School too. It's a Christian high school up north in Utilakleet and uh the primary population is Inupiaq and I'm Yupik. So I was pretty blessed because um my father was uh, worked in the laundry room at IHS hospital and got promoted. And he became a blue collar person with leather shoes and a, you know, a white, white business. He, he was just, you know, cited for leadership and he went very high. And also my mom um, graduated with an AA degree. So we were kind of like, um, you know, meshed in two worlds. Thanksgiving and Christmas, we had linen, we had china, we had, you know, candles and everything. We we were meshed in in the Western world and the Yupik world. And so I had two um two uh like western and native. So at the same time. At the same time. And okay. so I was brought up, please, can you pass the salt? Um, <laughs> don't put your elbows on the table. Right. And, but I, I was also brought up to go egg hunting and berry picking. My family would take us out in the springtime and we'd all go as a family and go egg hunting and pick berries. Mm -hmm. So um, then I'd come back and, uh, you know, with my big rubber boots and because I was involved in extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of it was uh, growing up in two different worlds uh, where I had to be aggressive mm -hmm. in the Western world when I went to the University of Alaska Fairbanks. But I also, it I learned that um, even though you know, when I was going to school, there was challenges I faced, but I had a quiet confidence. Um, I didn't need to be loud. I didn't need to be aggressive. I knew who I am. I know I'm Yupik. I know, I know my identity. Mm -hmm. So my father bred that to me and my mother. Mm -hmm. And so I was living in two worlds, but I didn't forget my identity. Mm -hmm. And so with my identity as an Alaska native being so rooted, I was able to combat different challenges while I was going to university. Yeah. Um, but so tell us about some of those challenges. 
Unless you want. Uh, <laughs> well, well, when I was going to Fairbanks, I thought I was Korean, and um, I'm serious. They still think I'm Korean. I go to Costco. And it's a big blessing. But anyway, um, I found that I had to be like aggressive because we're 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 taught to be, you know, quiet but assertive. And I had to um grow this different part of me, but only when I needed it. Okay. And so you were uh, which which side taught you to be quiet but assertive? I think the reason why I was able to have a, a boldness and assertiveness is because I had diplomacy. A lot of it was my upbringing with my father and him going into leadership at IHS and um, his best friends were doctors and administrators. I mean, we were like, uh, he always had diplomacy and he, he carried himself with dignity. And that's where I got it to was from my father. And and he must um, have had a cross. And after that, I didn't. Oh, sorry. He must have learned. I was just saying he must have learned how to cross over culturally as well, right? If he was able to operate in leadership positions. Yeah, he got promoted pretty fast Mm -hmm. and uh, from a laundry worker to a blue collar, Mm -hmm. you know, in the West Wing in administration. But he also was brought up as an orphanage. Well, that was very hard in, in the days where um, I call them the iron institutions that came mm-hmm. into into our lands. And But he did not teach me how to hate or have animosity. He taught me to uh, forgive, and yeah. that's what sustained him. Yeah. Awesome. To, so when you to forgive easy yeah. and to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you say iron institutions, can you tell us a little bit more about what you mean? What these happened? These iron institutions that these iron institutions that came uh when we were colonized, you know, were the first people of the land, were the first people of Alaska before um people came and Russia was the ones that you know, came in first and they were kind of aggressive and um, they were just mainly getting trapping for us. And then uh, Alaska was sold and without our permission. And of course, it's because, you know, back then they thought us as like not very human because they, they did not know our culture. They did not know our identity. We were pretty quiet. Mm-hmm. And then after Alaska was sold, uh, uh, Sheldon Jackson and uh, these people took over Alaska and they wanted religion to come. So you have Sheldon Jackson, they chose like the Inupiaq country that's up north. It's mainly Friends Church. In our region, it was Moravian and down coastal, it was Catholic. Mm-hmm. And then up up there, up north is Covenant. And uh, down there, uh, the um, 
Athabascans were a little more aggressive and they were exposed to um, people coming to them faster and uh, they're very successful. And so we had all the land was like allotted for different religions that came in. And so, um, and then things started to change. And also we had the epidemic of uh, smallpox. A large majority of them, of our Yupik people were moved to the Aleutian chains and they're Aleutic, but they're really Yupik. Mm. So there was a whole bunch of them. They put them down there because of, um, you know, people were dying. So they brought them down there. But when they went to uh, Bethel for the Chamai festival, I was talking to them and we had this dialogue and I understand they're Yupik, but it's a little different because their base language is Yupik. And throughout the throughout the years of being moved down there, we still had our root words. So not only that, we had the, the hospital come in, you know, and we had the schools come in. And it just changed the whole dynamic because um, a lot of a trauma began to happen with, you know, uh don't speak your language your culture is bad mm-hmm. um and things happened to my father uh that i cannot say right now but it was pretty traumatic but he was able to forgive and move forward mm-hmm. and um but now i see you know with the religion the schools mm-hmm. uh causing trauma to us you right. know saying that we need you can't speak your language, you cannot right. dance, you can even some of the, the religious saying, you know, what you're doing is evil. Right. Um, all these were very damaging. But today there's been a big um a big move on healing, and we're very resilient people. Mm-hmm. We're very strong people. Right. And um even these iron institutions came, uh, we have learned to make our own destiny. Right. And because these iron institutions were trying to control our destiny. You have the schools, you have the churches, you have the 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 um the health, you know, all these dynamics try to control our destiny, but we took it back. Mm-hmm. And we are resilient, mm-hmm. and it has caused us to be um, a lot stronger than before. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, you know. I have a garden every year, and the only way my garden is going to grow is when it's really stormy, mm. and it rains. It's crazy. Yeah. But guess what? My garden blooms and grows. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way, no matter what we went through as Native people, mm-hmm. it made us stronger and grow. And we can't look at, you know, yeah, the trauma's there, right. but it's time to move forward. We cannot, we cannot blame no more. It's our responsibility to heal. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. and that's the 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 Alaska Native um conference was on healing mm-hmm. and healing is 
So yeah, even despite these iron institutions coming in, we are we are taking back our identity. We yeah. are taking back who we are in destiny. Right. And I think also that we're not only um, you know, academia, we're we're extremely intelligent. We are, but not in a prideful way. It's 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 a silent confidence and um you know, we're doctors, we're lawyers, we're teachers, we're preachers, we're, we're uh, dean of students. Mm-hmm. My my friend from up north, uh, she's in Upeak and she was the dean of students. You know, we have principals. And so um, regardless of these iron institutions, we are creating our own destiny. Yeah. And... Uh, and now it's time to, I see people taking accountability and responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yes, that happened. But moving forward, we need to be accountable and heal and move yeah. forward. And I find it's mm-hmm. interesting that, you know, the people, especially from the faith perspective, you know, the people that came in and even, you know, people that came in the name of God and said, this, this is wrong. Like you, who you are is wrong. like what you, your, your expressions of your culture and everything about you is wrong and you have to change everything about you. How are you able to then, you know, get in touch with God and yet also separate that from what had been done to you? Well, let me tell you something. The reason why it was easy to go into there, there's, there's religion, and there's a relationship. So um, here is the biblical principles. Here's our principles in life as, as, as Native people. Okay, you have, you have this faith and you have our values. But you know what? They're the same. Mm-hmm. They're, they're parallel. They meet. We already had these embedded in in our lives. And when religion came and our values were in correlation with uh, the faith that came in biblically and our values as Native people, and they were they correlated and they meshed. That's why it was so easy to go into faith. Because we already had those embedded in our values. They were correlated. They were the same. So it was easy to transition. But the only thing that was really uh, detrimental was the way they, um, those iron institutions. You know, iron is very hard. Mm -hmm. Iron is a hard substance. It's cold. It's hard. It has no feelings. It has no compassion. It has nothing. But when when um, when those came, they were parallel. We were correlated, and we were able to transition into that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, because we already had those embedded in our in our morality and values. Yeah. So you know, yeah. There's there's a, a thread. I feel like the, uh, my personal belief is there's a thread of of God's principles in every culture 
And because he put it there, you know, he put it in our hearts. That's my belief. And so, um, and I know there's evidence to speak of that. There was a book, um, I think it was called eternity in their hearts. Um, and it was showing how each culture had these threads, you know, even, even tribal cultures that had never even heard about Christianity, they actually had pieces of, you know, redemption embedded into their culture. And so, um, so I do believe that, that from every culture, you know, there is that thread of truth. We just, you, you would just have to tap into it and then bring the rest, the rest of the message. Right. And then it makes, it makes perfect sense. But if we, um, you know, if we try to, um, overlay our own version of God and like what his, what our culture is on other people. And that's what the early, early missionaries tried to do is they tried to like force everyone to sing their songs, do it their way, have their structure. Right. And so like they would worship the structure instead of the substance that was underneath. Right. Because we, you know, every culture is going to have their own expressions, their own way of doing things. And so, you know, when people get really upset about, um, you know, rightfully so they get upset about religion coming in and taking, seeming to take everything from people. Right. And not to appreciate the cultures. I think they don't really understand um, the heart of God underneath all that and that that isn't the heart of God at all. And so um, I just love your perspective and your ability to look beyond that and to look into the deeper spirituality and go like, this is really what the substance is. And I'm, I'm going to be able to forgive the extra and I'm not going to walk in victimhood. Um, you know, because a lot of people, they, then they turn politics into their religion and then that's going to save them. And then they turn, um, you know, everything into, this victim mindset. Right. And I just love how you're able to really redeem um, the relationship among different cultures that, that are living here now, right. On your land, (laughs) you're able to love all the people that come here. Right. And just, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, we're the first people, but, but we're all humanity. We're Mm -hmm. all, we're all made in, in in the image in my faith that we're all made in the image of God. And there's nothing, you know, like ownership. Uh, we're just the first people that were here. And and there's nothing prideful about it. Um, uh, it it's a humbling place to be. We, we didn't even think of, you know, uh, ownership. We just lived, you know, mm-hmm. we just survived. Right. And um and there's nothing like we're not like taking ownership or whatever, you know, even though a lot of lands were taken and then we were given this free health care, but in reality we were stripped of a lot. And but there comes a time when wisdom comes in. There comes a time when knowledge comes in and um we just need to move forward and you know, I just always keep thinking of my dad and um, he had such a diplomacy and, you know, we're, we're all humanity and, mm-hmm. you know, there's unity when we're in humanity. Yeah. So that's what taught me, humanity. Right. 
the, well, the time has really flown by here. I just wanted, can you, do you want to mention anything else um, just for the podcast listeners um, about what you, what you'd like them to know, whether it's about your life or about Alaska native culture or anything in closing before we uh, pause and then give these students a chance to ask some questions? Well, um, I was just talking to my brother today and, you know, we all have different, we all have different siblings and different whatever. And I, I literally had to be firm with him and said, you know, it's time to heal. We can't blame, shame anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to take ownership and just go forward and we can't be stuck. Right. You know, there's, there's so much things to get done and uh, there's so much things to do that that we can bless our families. And it's not just me. Every family has some kind of dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, but there has to come this love to go beyond that dynamic and say, okay, yeah, I see that. But you know what? We need to go forward. We yeah. can't be stuck. Yes. Well, that's a great message for all of us because we're all human and we all um, have things we get stuck on, right? Whether things, traumas from our past and, you know, things that happen to us today and even just having unity in our our crazy world that we're living in right now. It's, it's really tough um, politically and socially and even just the school system and everything. But but love is the answer you know, and, and forgiveness. It, it sounds really simple, but it's not easy. Right. So yeah, I really appreciate. I think, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I think the greatest thing is to forgive yourself first, mm. because if you don't forgive yourself, you're going to be so skewed and everything's going to be so skewed. Yeah. And that's what I had to do in my treatment too. And, you know, in, in recovery. So yeah, you had a, you had a major, breakthrough in that didn't you mm-hmm. and when you decided you were going to forgive and move past it you um you felt so much more freedom right mm-hmm. it, it's good to release and let go there you know why i carry a chain with you when you could just say hey i can take this off yeah <laughs> yeah exactly but it's i think i think it's good to it's great to have you sharing about about your culture and even about the the pain from the past because that helps us understand right and it helps us connect better and that to me is a brave conversation and where we can we can listen and we can learn from from different people's perspectives right and so that's why that's why we're here having this conversation so i appreciate you and i um bless you and i'm going to give you a break and we'll we'll talk to you later thanks <laughs>